For more information on this topic or on the subject of disciple making in general, look us up online at browndegreen.org or send us an email directly at podcast at browndegreen.org. Thanks for listening. You're listening to The Great Awakening, a disciple making podcast brought to you by Brown to Green on the Streaming Grace Network. Happy day, friends. How is everyone? Hey, it's Lori, and Lauren is joining us, uh, not in studio. She had to had to had to zoom in today. So, um, but in studio we have um, Danielle Standifer, who uh, our pastor likes to call her Danielle Standifier. Uh, it's pretty <laughs> funny, but um, so welcome, Danielle. Hello. How are you? I'm good. And Lauren, how are you? I'm surviving. I was cracking up when you said, how is everyone? Like, you know, you paused waiting for an answer. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. I don't understand why no one answered. <laughs> I don't know. So rude. Yeah. yeah. So um, welcome, Danielle. Um, so are you excited about being on our podcast today? Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. A little nervous. Yeah. yeah. So um, usually we start off with like an icebreaker. Um, you have anything, Lauren? Well, I, I did write in very large letters at the top of my page, icebreaker, because we got called out once for forgetting the icebreaker. Um, so I just automatically go to the same question we always ask, unless you have something different. Maybe we should research different icebreaker questions. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. We should do that. Put that on our yeah. to do. I'm going to put that on our to do list. Yeah. Also, FYI, if there's a lag, um, just know because I'm virtual. We're, we're going to try to mitigate that, that as there, much huh? as possible. Yeah. So, so yeah. Do we just want to go with the same question? All right. I guess I'll, I'll guess I'll ask it. I don't know. Danielle keeps looking at you like, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so our question is, is usually just something unique about yourself. Okay. So, I thought about that and something unique about me is that I actually spent my entire childhood um, from like kindergarten till the middle of middle school overseas in Japan. So I was raised, um, yeah, my, my stepdad was in the air force and yeah. So I lived in Okinawa for four years and then we moved to the mainland and we lived there for another three and a half years. So yeah. I lived in Okinawa too. You did? So do you all speak did, Japanese? When I was younger. Um, now, Michael always, Michael always asks me yeah, that. Everybody he asks says that. my maiden name. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> um, just because you live there. Michael says my maiden name. He calls me Lauren Hopsalm. I'm like, that's not. <laughs> probably offensive. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. He's special. So um, just a couple of questions, Danny. Like, so growing up, you grew up in, in Okinawa. Yeah. Um, what did that look like as far as, as spiritually? Like, did you grow up in church? Did you did you not grow up in church? Yeah, so that's kind of where um, everything sort of started for me. I guess, like, as a child, um, we lived across the street off base. We weren't on base yet, and we lived across the street from a pastor and his wife, and so... I actually started going to church and like, then they would like put us on a little bus and take us to the church. And, um, eventually my parents started following suit and then we all ended up going to church together. And, um, that's when my stepdad, 
um, was saved and, you know, just kind of began our, our, my journey as in, as a child in church. So kind of where I got my foundation. So wait, so the kids went before the parents. Yeah. How awesome is that? Yeah. That's really cool. Uh That's, That's awesome. And so when, when did you, I always want to say, when did you first meet Jesus? But then it sounds like, like you've been taken from the earth and you've died, <laughs> but like, like when yeah. did, when did you first receive Jesus into your heart? Yeah, I was, I was a little girl, probably seven, you know, um, yeah, I, you know, I was baptized, but you know, I definitely didn't start living my life for the Lord until, you know, three years ago for sure. So. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. I'm still like the kids go first. Like that just like I've heard stories <laughs> yeah, of that. Cool. I don't I don't know that I've ever yeah. met anyone that, that it's actually happened that way. Um, which just reiterates the importance of pouring into our youth and to our kids at church. Um, because you never know what they might do in, in their yeah. parents' lives. Like that might spur on their parents. So that's um, right. that's super cool. Okay, so you know, we, go ahead, Lauren. We do see stories like that. I'm sorry, we have to say we do see stories like that in youth where the kids go ahead of the parents and then before you know it, the entire family is following. So it's pretty cool to witness. Yeah, that's, um, I don't know. That's really neat. That makes my, makes mm-hmm. my heart pitter patter. And it's, it's or maybe it's funny. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even think, I never thought about it that way. Until you haven't? You put it, never. Wow. And so yeah. how old were you when you moved back to the States? Um, I was 12, almost 13. Yeah. Okay. So middle school. Okay. And you moved just back to Oklahoma? Back or? to Oklahoma. My dad retired and uh, my mom was from here. And so, yeah, this is just where they were retiring at. Okay. And then you you graduate from high school and then, then what? Yeah. Well, you know, I would actually go to say we, my dad retired here and then um, that's like pretty much when everything fell apart for us as a family. Um like they ended up getting a divorce. Mm. He moved back to where his family lives in New York. And, you know, they had my brother. So that was split schedule. You know, mm. it was, it was a lot of trauma back right. then, but, yeah. um, and it was really sad because everything I knew as a child, like in that foundation mm-hmm. that was built there, like we got back here and it was like, culture shock for one we didn't know any different and then all of that happened and so um yeah all those years were probably a blur in my life when I look back now I will say um there's something that happens because I you know my dad was in the military too and I just I think that they're in working where I work I I work with a lot of military men and it's like when they retire something just happens you know like a piece Mm -hmm. of their identity is stripped from them And then they just don't know, you know, like they don't know what's next. They've always been told what's next. You retire and that's taken from you. So for sure, I don't think that's very uncommon. Yeah. I I think it's probably way more common than uncommon. Like both, both of my brothers experienced that Mm -hmm. and they were young when they retired Mm -hmm. um, because they both medically retired. And so, um, you know, that one was in for 10 years and one was in for 15 and still like, it's like shock. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't know it how is. to function outside of the parameters of the military. So, um, yeah, I would say for every mil- military person I know, it, it was a struggle. And also what is it with retiring here? Like my dad had the option to move one more time and he was uh-huh. like, no, 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 no. We'll stay in Oklahoma. And I'm like, what? 
of all places you're going to land, Malacca, in a place that there is nothing. Yeah. I mean, I love it now, but trust me, when I was younger, I was like, this is terrible. It's yeah. a horrible place to live. And it's funny you say that. We have a, we actually have a customer that comes in our store who is retired Navy. And um, so he's like right at 40 because he like right, went right in out of high school, mm-hmm. 20 years, got out, has never even been to Oklahoma and neither has his wife and they have two kids and when he retired they literally just googled places to live and they yeah and they like googled like the the economy here and how close they could live to a base but so they could get their benefits Mm -hmm. and they chose Oklahoma and they just picked up and moved to Oklahoma wow yeah without having any like neither one of them had ever even been here and they've been here I think two and a half or three years now so and his kids oh, seem to be acclimating. <laughs> his kids seem to be acclimating really well, and he seems to be doing well. We get Good. to see him a couple of times a month. He comes in the store and hangs out with Travis for a couple of hours, and yeah, that's super fun. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and so, Danny, tell us uh, how did you how did you end up at Hair Church? What's that look like? Yeah. So um, I knew Chevelle mm-hmm. from doing her hair. Like I started doing her hair. I I guess now like. I don't know, 13 years ago. So Danny is a hairdresser. Yeah, I'm a hairstylist. Um, So she started um, getting her hair done by me. And then, um, I don't know, that lasted for quite a long time. I always knew where she went to church. But, um, you know, I guess it's fair to say, like, a lot of her story reflects into my story. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I think that's just a clear picture of what happens. Um, But it was, um, I don't know, I was in a really bad, lonely sad spot and um she would come in and um anybody that knows her story just knows like she progressively got well um through discipleship and so being an outsider I was able to watch that happen so you witnessed that I witnessed it Mm -hmm. without knowing exactly what was happening yeah and she would come in and she would talk about this thing called discipleship and i I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, that's awesome. (laughs) So happy for you. You know, this is so great. And genuinely, I felt, um, you know, I was really excited for her because I'd seen her before. And um, so witnessing that, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you find yourself in a dark, a deep, dark, sad spot. And like, what do you look for? You look for the light. So um, she was literally like light in my life. Um, And I just reached out to her one night, one morning. And I was like, can I come to church with you? And she was like, absolutely. And like, I don't, I mean, I've been there ever since. Yeah. And when was that? That's cool. I think looking back, it had to have been in 2018. It was the beginning of 2018. Um, And were you going to church at that time or... Like, like off and on. So like hit and miss just mm-hmm. when you feel like getting up on Sunday morning and going kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I knew I needed to mm-hmm. be in church. Like I knew, but then, yeah, it was just a lot of work and it was mm-hmm. too complicated and I was fighting other things going on in my life. So, yeah. Yeah. And so you have kids. I do. Yeah. I have an eight year old and a four year old. Yeah. Girl and a boy. And they're so cute. Thank <laughs> you. I love them. They're so pretty cute. I'm pretty partial. Well, I would think so. <laughs> I would think so. Um, and so, so how long did you, know, you walk with? Oh, go ahead, yeah, Lauren. This is going to be tough. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so go how ahead. long did you walk with Chevelle? Um, like, but let's see. We started about 
two years, I think, a little over two years. It's so hard whenever you think about like you throw abide seasons in there and stuff like what, you know, yeah. we started in like a September and then we ended like the following December. Well, two years later. Yeah. But yeah. And then there's COVID thrown in there, yeah. which kind of puts a hiccup in, it did. in everything. So, it did. Yeah. so tell us, uh, was COVID a hiccup for you guys? I'm not, I'm not feeling that. <laughs> you don't think? Was it not for you? Nah, nah. It hasn't affected your life at all. Not at all. Not at all. Hey, I get it. Some of us are just impervious to the things that go on in this oh, world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about what was going on in your life prior to being discipled. Um, and just so we're clear, like when we talk about being discipled, we're not talking about Chevelle coming in and discipling Danny to Chevelle. We're talking about Dan, uh, Chevelle right. coming in and discipling Danny to the words and works and ways of Jesus. Um, and so we want to make sure we're really clear with that. When we, when we disciple someone, we're not yeah, discipling them to us because that just ends in travesty. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. For, for somebody we somewhere. Teaching, yes. We're teaching people what it looks like to walk closely with the Lord. Yeah. And learn to build that relationship with him themselves. Yeah. Rather exactly. than walking around in the dark. <laughs> right. And which that's what you were talking about, like walking around in the dark. Like oh, and yeah. Shiv- and Chevelle oh, yeah. was the light. Mm-hmm. And so um That's so cool. And so that's what we want to run to is the light. And like even if we don't know where it's coming from or why it's emanating from someone, we're like, I want I want that light and how do I get it? Um so kind of tell us what, what your life was like before um before being discipled. Yeah, I was um <clears throat> in a very unhealthy relationship, we'll say that with my kids' dad. Um we were not in covenant, you know, now mm-hmm. I understand that. Um not in covenant. We were, it was very unhealthy. It was very toxic. It was um you know, abusive in many ways. And so I I was just broken. I was very broken mentally, um spiritually, I mean, any way you can think about it, I was, I was just not well, I was just surviving, mm-hmm. literally walking around surviving. I don't even know yeah. how to describe it. So, um, I think it was at a point where like, I couldn't go down any further. So, and so how long have you kind of been in that, mm, that situation or that seven state years of mine? Yeah. yeah seven so, years for sure. Yikes. Yeah. Are you gonna say something Lauren? Um, I said, yikes. But okay. I mean, I had more thoughts, but I was <laughs> <laughs> It reminded me so of a scripture that I wanted to. Uh huh. I think you're going to talk about the one I'm talking about where he says, I called from you from a pit. No, actually, no, you go ahead and no? do that one while I'm oh. not, Yeah. Well, so it's my other Bible. It's marked so well, but I told you I got a new Bible and I'm just, my, I feel like I am cheating on my other Bible, to be honest with you. It'll be okay. <laughs> I keep getting told that, but I'm not feeling it in my heart. Yeah. And now like nothing's highlighted, like what you expected to be highlighted to be standing out. And it's not on I the know. same place. It's not so, on the same place on the same page on the same side and all those things. It's not, I know. And I'm <sighs> like, I already had this mark. So I'm talking about um, the scripture from Lamentations 355. Um and I don't, let me see if I can find that from this Bible. I'm going to have a lot of wasted time with me looking through. Okay, here we go. 
Okay, 355. Uh, it says, I called your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Do not close your ear to my cry for help. You came near when I called you, and you said, do not fear. You have taken up my cause, O Lord, and you have redeemed my life. You have seen the wrong done to me, O Lord. Judge my case. You have seen all their vengeance, all their plots against me. And so it just kind of goes on to, I don't know. I love that that scripture. Yeah, that's really good. <clears throat> yeah. The one that um, the Lord put on me actually t- Tuesday the last week um, is James 127. And it says, and this is the NASB version, but it says, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself unstained by the world. And so it's two different things, really. It's not you stay unstained by visiting widows and orphans in their distress. It's, no, it's not really cause and effect. It's like these are two different things. And so I broke down, I broke it down. And so to visit means to visit to see how someone is doing. It doesn't mean to like sit and chat or like it it means to literally check on their welfare. And then orphans is someone who's bereft of a teacher, um, a guide or a guardian. And bereft just means that some like it's, it's similar to bereaving. And so it's like literally someone was there and then they've been removed. So either they're gone, like your stepfather, um, they're, they were there and then they're not. And so, and then widow and I didn't look into this too deeply, but the Greek word for, for widow is chera or lacking a husband. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that a like I couldn't find where it said it means you had a husband and he died. Like the only thing mm-hmm. I could see was that it literally means a woman lacking a husband. And then what really stood out to me, though, is in their distress. And the word for distress there is flipsis. I don't really know how to say that, but it starts with a TH. That's all I can say. Um, But it it means um, tribulation that causes one to feel confined or without options. And like that's kind of what I thought of when you were talking about like seven years and I couldn't go any deeper. Like I was... Mm -hmm. I was completely hemmed in and felt like I I had zero options whatsoever and I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. And then there's Chevelle. Yeah. Who is visiting you. Yeah. You know, like, and she's the light and that's what you run to. And I don't know. I was just reminded of that. It's pretty awesome. It's so funny, Lori. I was in Deuteronomy where it's talking about the aliens, the orphans, and the widows. Yeah. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. That's pretty cool. Which I didn't look yeah. up the the Hebrew word for widow, so I don't know how similar they are in um, I don't know in meaning, but I think that's something that the Lord is still on me to do. I just haven't done it yet, you know. Um, I do have to tell you a funny story before you go on, okay? Because I'm going to forget, and it's going to be in a weird <laughs> and awkward place. So we were talking about you being. Um, I said you're a hairdresser, and mm-hmm. you're like. I'm a hairstylist. <laughs> and so every time I get my hair cut, my grandma, God bless her soul, she says, Who is your beauty operator? I love your hair. And it cracks me up every single time. And because it's the exact same thing every single time. And like, Grandma, they don't call them beauty operators anymore. <laughs> Just joking. I think we should bring that back. <laughs> I mean, that's mm-hmm. what do you think of like beauty operator? 
So Danny, the beauty operator. All right. I'll that's, own it. That's what yeah. That's what Can we bring that back? Do you yes. mind? Yeah. I like it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I just had to throw that in there. Okay. So you're in the deepest, darkest pit. Yes. And you see Chevelle. And then how long did you kind of know Chevelle and develop a relationship with Chevelle um, before she reached out to you about um, being in a disciple making group? Well, I think our conversations were always around it, but I knew she hadn't been released yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, cause she'd kind of explained some things <clears throat> and, um, I don't know. I, I think back now and it's just crazy that that's just what we talked about, you know? And, and so in my mind I was, and in my heart, I'm like, I wonder if she's going to ask me to do it. Like, of course I want to do it, you know? And then <laughs> I think there was a time we talk about it now and she's like, I was wondering if you were even going to want to do this. And then finally she just, you know, took me out several times and we had more intentional conversation about it. And, you know, she finally asked me and yeah, I, I know I walked in and I was, I was just miserable. I'm like, I don't even know. It's something's got to be here for me. Right. Right. And it, it was, and it was, was. yeah. Okay. So what I remember when you first Mm -hmm. came to Heritage Church and I think we only met briefly and you were still at that point that you weren't sure if you were going to split from your kid's father or not. And so that has since happened. Yes. And so come, it's been two years, two and a half years since you, um, entered into a discipling relationship with Chevelle and you have since been released Mm -hmm. and you have started your own group. Yes. So kind of walk us through the biggest transformation that happened in your life during that time with Chevelle walking under her um, and being discipled by her like and there sometimes there's two or three of them um but yeah I I would say I had a lot of come and dies yeah. while I was um in that um and I mean if I'm being really OHV it was probably walking away from him yeah um because of course like we always want to um we want to make sure all relationships are well and good and you know I wanted that deeply but like um you know, I, it wasn't of the Lord, you know, right. it was of Danielle. And so I had to really like die to myself and say like, what do you want me to do Lord? And like, I was pointed to the word and I was pointed to hearing his voice. And like, when I actually got still and realized what he was telling me, like in really in it, I would, I had to come to terms with the fact that I probably started going to church because I wanted him to get well like it had nothing to do with me right and I think so, that's pretty usual pretty yeah normal well and I'm sitting there mm-hmm. Every, mm-hmm. every week I'm sitting there and I'm like look at all these men getting well right and I'm like it fills me up with so much hope and um you know there was a lot of fighting and praying for um him but then like one day the Lord and he always reveals these things to me when I'm working and there's like silence is usually when I'm blow drying. So, it's yeah. kind of funny. um, and he's just like, this restoration has nothing to do with him. And it is fully on you. Wow. Like it was about him fully restoring me. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like how cool for him to say, like, it's not about anybody else getting well. This is about you getting well. And in that, like I was able to walk through really hard things. And it took me a really long time <laughs> okay. and I'm still walking through some of those things, you know, because, you know, in that, like I dealt with, um, 
you know, getting rid of things. Like I was certainly pruned in a lot of ways. Branches were cut off. Um, people were removed from my life that now I know we're not bearing any fruit. Like, and, um, yeah, like we were just talking about that the other day, like kind of digging into that scripture again in my D group. And like, it says, you know, that he prunes some, some things and then like some branches are cut off. Like, that's true. Like when you look at that, like, are they broken? Are they pruned? Like, right. Yeah. Clear picture. And actually when I started going to Heritage Church is when Chris was preaching in John 15. Wow. Yeah. I was, before I came, can I share this yes. real quick? Yeah. Um, I was thinking about, I, I pulled it up on my phone because I remember snapping a picture really, really quick and um, before it went away. And in it, there was, he had three things listed and it said, um, people who confess the name of Jesus turned away and are now will burn in hell. People who look like Christians talk with Christians and are around Christians, but are not Christians are will burn in hell. And then this third one was people who have confessed the name of the Lord and wasted their lives, not bearing any sort of fruit. Their life is burned up before the Lord, but this is not a matter of salvation. And I remember like, I don't think anybody was in the church with me when I saw that. Like I literally had a tunnel vision to that. And I was like, I have no fruit, Wow, no fruit in my life. And like, I will, it will forever be a pillar of faith in me because that is like the moment that everything started for me. Wow. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome. (laughs) You have anything, Lauren? So you, yeah, I was going to say, so you went from being discipled to now leading a group. So kind of give us an example. You, how long have you guys been going? Um, I think we started March or yeah, the beginning of March we started, we were kind of like, you know, some of us would be able to meet, some of us wouldn't. Cause you know, we had the snowstorm and all that. And I have a one girl that travels from three hours away. And so we would zoom in, but it was, I think it was the first week of first or second week of March. I was able to have all my girls together for the first time. So that was exciting. And since then I've added so one how, more. You have? Yeah. That's, I have. Awesome. That's cool. That's exciting. Yeah. So how has that grown you leading, like gone from being discipled with Chevelle to now being, you know, a leader in the room and yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely different, but, um, I have realized how much I have to depend on the Lord in that time. Like it is, it's completely, it is different. And I, um, yeah, I have to lean on him a lot, a lot more than I thought, you know, than I probably did before when it was just for me. Because, you know, there's like an accountability there for, um, you know, mm-hmm. making sure you're turning them to the Lord, too. So Yeah, it's almost like when you're being discipled, you always have that crutch in your leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once yeah. you're the leader, like <clears throat> your crutch literally has to be the Lord. A hundred. Yeah, it's easy when you're the one that's showing up to listen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Like you have to sit with the Lord. You have to know what the Lord wants of you in that moment, you know, and that, and that night, like what, what does the Lord want you to share with these women? Yes. Um, and then there's the, is this the right thing? Is this, is this what I'm supposed to show them? Like, what if this is the wrong, what if I'm supposed to wait till next week or yeah, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So, so being a single mom and leading a group, how does that work? Um, it's I mean, I think it's fine. I, at first I really questioned like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Like, I'm going to have to have a babysitter or am I not, you know? And I was really going back and forth with it. And then 
I one day I was just like, do I need to like send them somewhere on Thursday nights or whatnot? And I don't know. I just think like, no, this is their life too. Right. And so, um, Mm -hmm. we have a pretty good routine. I mean, I'm not saying they don't ever not come out, but for the most part, they're like set in their routine. They love seeing the, the women whenever they get there, they eat dinner with us. And then they know, like they go into their room, they settle down and they know they can't come out. So, but I mean, like, it's good. It's good for them to see it. And I think that, you know, it makes them a part of it because this is their life too. I agree. So, yeah, I agree. I think that's important to kind of let the kids see what we're doing. If it's something that we want them to replicate later, you know, for sure. Like making sure they're not excluded from the process, which is something that I've watched my kids like through the years. Um, Like they know on Mondays and Tuesdays to come into the bedroom and they hang out because group is going on and um, it's just, it's just what they know and they love it. Like you said, my kids love to see the people that come too. Yeah, for sure. It's a joy for them. They look forward to it. I think that's one of the awesome things about, about the way, um, about the way we do things is that like for, for, for Travis and me, you know, our kids are a little older, they're teenagers. And so when Travis meets on Tuesday nights, I actually take our girls and that's like alone time, not alone time, but like, it's time for me to be intentional with the girls. Mm-hmm. And we, we actually leave the home like last, um, this past week we went to dinner with Kelly Guyton and her boys. Mm-hmm. And then we went to the thrift store. Like, That's and so sad. we just kind of hang out and then we drove around listening to music, waiting on the call for Travis to say they were done. And then on Wednesday nights, Travis does the same thing. Like he, he takes one or two or three of our kids and they go eat dinner or they go to another church or they go to a Bible study. Um, and so you can do it that way. Like you do. Kelly does it like you do. Like Kelly yeah. leaves, she has three little boys and she, they're at home. And so she just starts her group a little later to make sure they're in bed. Um, they're a little more, uh, I don't know that I want to say unruly, but they're younger yeah, than, they're than younger your than kids. Mm-hmm. And so they need to get to bed earlier and they go to bed at, se- at seven, I think. Um, and so she puts them to bed and then group starts a little later. Um, and then Lauren, like you're like Danny also, like you stay home with your kids. You just go to your se- respective rooms or whatever and, and, and have quiet time. And then the same when, when it's your night, like Michael generally is home yeah. or, or takes uh, my understanding is he sometimes takes the Addy to basketball practice. Um, but, but you know, but, <laughs> well, that was me. That was oh, on that was- Tuesday night. Yeah. I got that one. Yeah. But, and if it's nice, we go out and play, but what's cool is that you eventually find your rhythm. Yeah. Like, like it, it every doesn't... person doing it, like you, you find a way to make it work. Exactly. It doesn't have to look the same. Like, it's just like you mm-hmm. fit it in. However, it needs to be fit in. You zoom in someone who can't, who can't make it for whatever reason, you know, mm-hmm. or you, you meet at a different time and you, and you disciple someone one-on-one, like it, it doesn't all have to look the same. Right. We take our lives and we find a way to disciple other women. Absolutely. Like that, that's really what it looks like. So I think my kids have just learned that it's the, it's a priority in my life. So, or in our life is mm-hmm. what I should say. Yeah. And they've watched it already. So shifting it to my house was really no different because they've already, they already know like, oh, it's D group night. Oh, it's D group right. night. So, and so when you were being discipled by Chevelle, what did that mm-hmm. look like? Like what, with your kids? Um, for a while they would go to their dads and that kind of worked out. Well, then when that stopped happening, um, I just got a babysitter. Wow. Yeah. 
and um, her daughter would do it for me, which they love her kid or, you know, my kids love yeah. Peyton. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that the kind of speaks to the cost of, of being discipled and being a disciple maker mm-hmm. um, and what you're willing yeah. to do. And, you know, that's yeah. pretty awesome. Counting the cost. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <clears throat> you have anything, Lauren? That's going to be my new go-to. Lauren, do you have anything? you have anything? Back to you. Back, no. back to you, oh, Okay, Lori. okay. No, no I, I do. I just want to, with the delay, with the delay, it's kind of hard to, to play off of each other. I know. Even though I, we're looking at each other's face, but, you know. And um, I try to raise my hand. Yeah. But so, you wouldn't look at me. But. Oh. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> tell us about a couple of pillars of faith. Like, you talked about the, the pillar of faith where the Lord, like, like the one day in church where he closed off everything and, yeah. and you thought you're the only one in, in the building, even though there were 300 other people in there, <laughs> but, but you know, he's pretty amazing <laughs> like that and he can do things like that. So what are, what are a couple other pillars of faith? Like, like that you want to share? Okay. Um, so a pretty significant one is I started discipleship in, um, September, um, of 2018. And then in, um, November, I, got the results of my like ancestry DNA and I found my biological father and, um, ended up with like an awesome family. I have an awesome family on my dad's side of the family. Um, you know, him, a brother, a sister, nieces, nephews. And through that, um, you know, I have a very close relationship with my sister now, which is huge, but I do know, like it, it was always a desire of my heart to know who my dad was. And, I truly believe that like once I made the Lord, the father of my life, like he blessed me with my earthly father to know him. Wow. It's super cool. How that exciting. Is super cool. For yeah. a, like for a, um, like a happy reunion. Yeah. You know, with that. And, oh, that's so awesome. That's so good. This is just crazy looking back now, like yeah. the things that kind of just, and now your sister is coming to church yeah. with us. Yeah. Um, what? Whom I love her. She's yeah. she's super sweet. And, and that baby of theirs is so, so cool. stinking cute. And in that, like, I, I recently baptized my niece. Like, how oh, it's yeah. just crazy to look back, like, two years ago, I didn't even know them. And, like, now it's just, like, I'm baptizing my niece. Like, how is this? Like, I didn't even know I had her two, you know, two and a half years ago. And like, yeah, huge pillar of faith in my life. Wow. I love that. That's so cool. That is cool. What about scriptures? What are you reading right now? Oh, I was was wondering that. Like, what's the Lord (laughs) teaching you right now? Um. Well, let's see. I've been spending a lot of time in Luke. She brought six. her notebook. She brought her notebook. She's going to bring oh. her notebook. I have She's a, such a responsible adult. I have a multiple <laughs> notebooks, you know, so. Um, I do too. I do just you throw them away them when you're done with them? No, I have a drawer at home that is just packed full. It's ridiculous. You, my friend, are the only one that throws away uh, notebooks. You throw them I'm away? I'm alone in this. What do you do with that entire drawer of notebooks? I don't know, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way I see it. Like if a, if a fire is going to come and take my house, the notebooks are gone, you guys. But what the Lord has instilled inside of me is still there. Oh, so okay. what do I need a notebook for? 
that's my that's my argument when I'm everybody's like you throw your notebooks away I'm like oh I don't even know what to say I don't know I don't know if this is something I need to be circled on later like (laughs) throwing my notebooks away Mm. well you can't go unthrow them away for one yeah but I could stop throwing them away maybe maybe there'll be a day when the Lord shows you a reason to keep them. Maybe. And that hasn't happened to this point, right? That hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like maybe he, I throw it in the trash and he throws it back at me. <laughs> then I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, can you imagine that? It's like, if it just comes back out of the trash can at you, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, oh, all right. Message received. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Okay. That <laughs> might be a pillar of faith for Does me. Anybody that else throw that their notebooks totally... away? I know nobody. Not that I know of. Oh, none. 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 You don't know anybody. Oh, so I, just... now I feel shamed. <laughs> so our friend Jeremy <laughs> just confessed that he throws his notebooks away. There we go, Jeremy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But See, it... I'm not alone. <laughs> no, you're not alone. He probably has the same thought pattern and process of you is what's the point it's in my head like the lord spoke it to me it's in my heart written on my heart like the word says why do i need to keep the page it's written on i don't know i think i remember telling travis that and i think he had something that he said back to me that i was like oh that's a good point but i don't remember what it was obviously it didn't stick Huh. So I'm just going to keep throwing them away. I don't remember. I'm, it would be to you or Travis. One of you said something to me that made me second second guess. Should I be throwing my notebooks away? But, I don't know. I don't remember. Hmm. For me, sometimes I use them to go back and look at learning circles or if mm-hmm. I've broken down a scripture before. Yep. Um, and I know like, or <laughs> sermons. Like sometimes I'm like, so-and-so has... Like, yeah. like I remember there was Not a sermon. Sure. And so sometimes in my, in my, so Travis writes the date of, um, verses that he breaks down yeah. in his Bible. Oh, and then he That's like, what, and yeah. so when he goes through his Bible, he's like, Oh, this was given to me on such and such date. And then he goes to the yep. notebook that covers that date and he can see where he took all the notes. You guys are so organized. No, Travis <laughs> is so organized. There's no you guys in this. Um, I couldn't even bring the right notebook today. So I'm totally not organized. Not at all. Well, see, this is why I feel like switching to a new Bible has really messed me up because rather than keep all those notebooks, I do put specific notes next to specific mm-hmm. verses that have been pillars in my life. Um, or I'll circle them or mark them so I know and I know exactly which one I need to go to if you know what I mean so everything was in my bible that I guess you would probably keep in your notebook right Mm. did you throw your bible away I didn't but I feel like I'm cheating on it with this new one that's got (laughs) fresh clean pages and I'm like I just need to put my thoughts in here and I'll feel better it's like whose bible is this it's not mine it's just it looks so sad and empty. Just give it a few weeks. It'll be fine. You'll fill yeah, it up. So I know, Daniel, we, we totally asked Daniel a question, but um, <laughs> when I switched <laughs> Bibles, I went from the NIV to the ESV. Yeah. So it reads a little different, and that was the purpose for switching. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I'll just, I'll eventually get my brain in here. 
Did she not answer the question? So, so back to you, asked? Daniel. <laughs> I don't know if she wants to. I don't, and I, I don't remember. Did she answer it? Well, all I was going to say is that I, I don't, I don't know. I've been we, in Luke 6 a lot. <laughs> be, <laughs> Um, we can't we can't be alone together on here. No, Lord. we can't. <laughs> I think I think right now what the Lord is showing me is that stuff that I was in at one point, you know, for myself, like I'm now going it's like going full circle for me to give to my girls. So it's like I got into mm-hmm. Luke six for because for teaching tonight and I'm like, man, why did I circle all of that stuff back then? And um it's just interesting because right now I just feel like it's all full circle. I mean, obviously I have some other things that he's teaching me, but um, mainly like it's really just me digging in for the girls. It's just crazy. And it's kind of cool because, you know, when you start, de- or at least for me, when I started D-group, I was, um, I just knew that I was like this. I don't, I mean, I guess this is going to work. I don't even know what I'm doing here. Really. I didn't know anything. And <laughs> None of us do. Yeah. <laughs> And now, like, I look at the girls and they kind of have that same thing. And, like, on this side of things, you're like, gosh, there's, like, so much hope in this. Like, you can see the hope that's coming. And, like, like you just know in a year from now you're going to – they're going to be mm-hmm. so different. So it's right. cool. Yeah. It's it's super neat how the Lord can um, – and he does this to me a lot where he shows me something in the Word. And it's like, listen, you need to know this. I'm like, this is – greek to me like i don't understand what this means like this doesn't apply to anything that's that i'm struggling with or anything going on in my life and then sometimes the next day sometimes a few months later like the situation arises that i'm like this is what it's for absolutely this is why the Mm -hmm. lord showed me this and this is why the lord told me to break down this verse it's so that i could either walk through this for uh, like me or I could give this away to someone else. Because if you don't know the word, how do you give the word away? Absolutely. Like, yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and so. You can't give away something you don't own. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I don't do you, know. That's do awesome. you feel, Danielle, that the first time you read it, like you read it, it was, it was for you. And even the second time, it's for you first before you give it away to your women. But do you feel like he's, he's taking you to a deeper level with it? than the first time yeah especially because um I can own it now right like yeah because I've experienced it and like um what's the word I'm looking for like something's come out of it you know something's come out yeah of it yeah for me so yeah some sort of pillar or, or a brick in the pillar yes um oh <laughs> Yeah, that that's that's something I noticed as um, I was had started leading. It's like I had this relationship with the Lord, but as I started leading other women, um, the things that I once read, I would go back and read it, and it penetrated just a, just a bit deeper than it did the first time. And then you go back and you read it, and it, it's a little bit deeper. Like I feel like there are layers, you know. And he talks about the elementary teachings, and so going past that. Um, and just being able to feel that he's bringing you deeper in relationship with him as you go. I think that that really came out when I was leading women, you know, mm-hmm. like unless you're giving away what you've been given, um, I don't know that you necessarily experience that deeper relationship with the Lord because you're allowing him to use you to glorify his kingdom and advance his kingdom. 
And so why wouldn't he speak to you on a deeper level? You know what I mean? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It makes total sense. It makes yeah. sense for those who have experienced it for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it sounds good <laughs> up here. I'm not sure that yeah. it came out the right way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Danny, Danielle, beauty operator. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I think we're uh, we're nearing the end of our time today, which makes me kind of sad um, because it was super fun. It was fun. Um, but one of the things that we generally do is we have our guests pray us out. Okay. And if you listen to our podcast she was and subscribe to our podcast, you know that. <laughs> so um, you can subscribe. That like button. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Um, okay. Yeah. But on any platform that you yeah, listen to. Yeah, do you? You should, right? You yeah. subscribe to say yes. 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 Just yes. say yes. 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 Okay. Yes. Okay. yes. 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 Yeah. So, so why don't you close us in prayer? Okay. Okay. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come here today, Lord, and um, just uh, talk about, you know, where you've brought me from. And uh, Lord, thank you for Lori and um, Lauren, like, for asking me these questions and pushing me out of my comfort zone, Lord. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, grace and peace. Grace and peace.